Last week we looked at before it matters. Learning how to hear the voice of God before it makes a big difference. It's always going to make a difference. But before it's a life or death situation. Before it's of more urgency. Before it matters. We looked at that. And as we picked up, we're picking up from where we left off there. We're looking this week at testing the spirits. How do we test the spirits? So we're told to test the spirits, but how do we do it? How do we go through and do that? So we're going to look at this as our main text verse. I didn't uh, replace the uh, part that says text in your outline there, so just write that in. 1 John 4, one. It's already right there underneath review. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. We're breaking down this verse for us tonight. We want to look at what it is talking about as far as testing the spirits. First off, false spirits... False spirits, which is what this verse is talking about. Do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits. So false spirits, first off, work through people. False spirits, first off, look work through people. Look what it says. But test the spirits whether they are of God, because many false spirits... False what? False prophets. Right? So false prophets are not spirits, even though we're all spirit beings, but they are people. So first off, false spirits work through people. Test the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. So these false spirits have gone out into men and women and become false prophets. In 2 Corinthians, we need to look at this, this scripture here, chapter 11. 2 Corinthians, 11th chapter. If you were here on Sunday, you understand why the scriptures on the screen are in King James Version. If you were not here on Sunday, you have no idea. 1 Corinthians, I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians, chapter 11, verse 1. Oh, that you would hear. I'm sorry, oh, that you would bear with me in a little, th- little folly. And indeed, you do bear with me. For I am jealous for you, with godly jealousy, for I have betrothed you to one husband, that I, have pre- that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. But I fear, lest somehow, as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted by the simplicity that is in Christ." For he who comes preaches another Jesus whom we have not preached. Or if you received a different spirit, which you have not received, or a different gospel, which you have not accepted, you may well put up with it. So let's take a look at this first part. We've got some more scriptures to look at in, in this chapter. But first off, he talks about another Jesus. What's another Jesus? He talks about different spirit than what you first received, and a different gospel. For he who comes, who's coming? These folks that are false. These folks who don't really have right to boast and so forth. These ones that are false. For he who comes preaches another Jesus, another Savior, another way to get to God. Another worker of miracles, another giver of truths. They're going to come and preach another Jesus. So in order for us to recognize that it's another Jesus, we have to know our Jesus pretty well. The better we know our Jesus, the better we can recognize when someone else comes along with one that's close to it. Sounds like it, but it's not quite it. Now, understand this is not something that's going to jump out at you. As it, oh, false Jesus... You've got to know the Jesus that the Word of God talks about. When someone comes and says, well, Jesus wouldn't send everyone to hell. You have to be able to know that Jesus would send everyone to hell who's not going to believe in Him. Because He said so. I am the way. That's what He said, isn't it? No man comes to the Father except by me. That's it. So that doesn't sound like he's going to just, well, we'll just wave you on through. No. 
And, and you have to be able to stand on that and accept it. There is no other Jesus. This is it. He is the one who receives all praise. He is the Creator of all things. So those who would teach another Creator are teaching another Jesus. Falseness. So anyone who wants to come up and preach in evolution is teaching on another Jesus. False teaching. So if they come teaching evolution, guess what? Are they sort of in? Uh Uh-uh. They are not sort of in. There is no other Jesus. If they come teaching about the the, the, the way we must have openness to abortion. Is that another Jesus? Because Jesus doesn't say that about children, does He? Thank God that our Jesus has forgiveness for people who have had abortions and, and so forth. But He still doesn't want us to, to pave the way for that sort of thing. Our Jesus doesn't kill sinners. He wants to forgive them. But if they die in their sin, then guess what? They're going to get judged for it. But we know that because of our Jesus. Jesus was brought, the the adulterous lady was brought in front of him. And we see how he dealt with that. So we know how our Jesus dealt with things. We just got to understand from the Word of God. This is what he does. They're going to come preaching another Jesus, whom we have not preached. Or if you receive a different spirit, which you have not received. It's just, it's all, it's just, it's, it's, it's different. It's not right. It's, that's the wrong attitude. That's the wrong way about things. No, that's... But you've got to know that spirit that you've been given. You've got to know that Holy Spirit. You've got to know that reborn spirit. You've got to continue to feed it off in that direction. When you do, when you keep on going in that direction, then you know that's yours. Mm. Now, I'll use an example. It may not work for all of you. It works real good for me. But maybe you can figure out in some of it. I'd give you an example of shoes. How many of you have one favorite pair of shoes at home? You got that favorite pair of shoes and that's the one that you wear most. Some of you all have thousands of shoes, I understand. <laughs> but, you know, the, I, have, uh, I have this pair of boots and this is my main pair of boots. And they'll last, they'll last four or five years wearing them every day. I think that's pretty good. But then when you have to finally get a new pair... You know, they just don't... I, I've, this is my second pair of this type. And I had one before. And those first ones were the best. These are the second best. Not as good as the first best. But a whole lot better than most other things else that I've ever put on my feet. So it's... <laughs> so, you know, you have that. But, you know, if you put on something different, a little different, and it's not quite... It doesn't fit you. It's not quite there. It's not, it's not right. I mean, I can put on another pair of boots and it's, it's just, no, that's not, that's not going to work. That's not it. That's how much you've got to know the spirit that you've been given. For you comes preaches another Jesus whom we have not preached or if you have received a different spirit which you have not received or a different gospel which you have not accepted. And people will come and do this and try and teach you a, a gospel of acceptance. That we all have to get along. Everyone has their own way of, of getting to God. Everyone has their own way of worshiping God. And it's a different gospel. It's got to be in here. And there's one understanding of what's in here. Don't give me this stuff, well, it could be this way or that way. No, there is one understanding of what's in here. There is one truth. I'm not saying that I understand all of it or I have all of it yet. But I understand there is one truth. I don't come out of there thinking, well, you might be right and I might be right. No, either you're right or I'm wrong. Or I'm right and you're wrong if we have two different views on the thing. Not everybody's going to be right. So here's some, some things that he, he gives us to help us understand. Another Jesus. A different spirit or a different gospel. Now then he gonna, he's going to go on here and talk about boasting and, and, and certain ones that would come on in here and try and, and do this. And we looked at the Scripture not too long ago for the other parts. We're, we're looking at what came before here. Over in verse 12. But what I do, I will also continue to do that I may cut off the opportunity from those who desire an opportunity 
to be regarded as we are in the things of which they boast. He's going to cut off opportunity here. Mm. Boy, I tell you what, there's an awful lot of things we're doing that just leave opportunity hanging for people. Mm. We sometimes need to cut off some opportunities. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. Transforming themselves. Transforming themselves. How can you transform yourself into something better. How can you do it? Don't you need outside assistance? So the evolutionists want to teach you that um, man left to himself just got better and better. Yeah. Because that happens all the time. Transforming themselves. But here's what they do. False teachers, false apostles, deceitful workers, he calls them as well. Deceitful workers. Now understand this, they can throw some people because they are workers. They're just working for the wrong guy. But they are workers. Just because someone is industrious, just because someone is putting a lot of effort out, doesn't mean they're on the right side. You must understand that. Don't get thrown by it. Because people work just as hard for Satan as we do for God. They are called deceitful workers. They are putting on work. They are doing things for the intended purpose of deceiving you into you thinking they are on your side. Deceitful workers. False apostles. Transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. Romans 12.1 Be ye transformed by transformed by not transforming yourself. Transformed by something. The Word transforms us. God transforms us. The Holy Spirit transforms us by giving us understanding of His truth. But I cannot transform myself. Deceitful workers. This is what's out there. We can be deceived by it because I can look at people and say, oh, look how hard they work for God. Look at how much they put out for the kingdom. Mm -mm. Because I can tell they're not of the same spirit. They're following a different Jesus. How can you serve the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in any way, shape, or form the rights of abortion. Can't do it, can you? Impossible. How can you, being a believer in Jesus Christ, have an ounce of racism in you? How can you? It's a different Jesus. They cannot reside together. And we'll see that even more so as we get into the rest of this this year tonight. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Again, Satan transforms himself. So they just follow the same suit. So people who transform themselves to be something different are of what kingdom? Does God transform Himself into anything? He is. That's all it is. He don't have to transform. He is. That's it. And we are not called to transform ourselves. We're called to get in line with His Word. We're called to get in line with His example. And by His power, His Word, transforming our mind. But these folks follow after their father, the devil. And they transform themselves just as he transforms himself into an angel of light. He looks like light. Is there a difference between darkness and light? 
Sure, there there is. But how is it that some people just can't see it? People just can't see it. You know, the, the, we've learned things about physics and science and so forth. There's are, there are many types of light. Folks for a long time didn't know about infrared light. They didn't know about other kinds of light that are out there, but there's still light. How is it that um, those uh, goggles, those night vision goggles work? Because they understood some things about light. So they're taking other kinds of light to try and make it look like the light. But when you have to put all that equipment on, it's not the light. (laughs) But these folks will put all this equipment on and we're in the light. We're in the light. Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers, if his ministers, false teachers, false prophets, false apostles are his ministers. But they are deceiving the people because of their work habits. Deceitful workers. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness whose end will be according to their works. What we judged as being, wow, God says, I judge you by them. And then he goes on to the boasting that we looked into before. Well, they transform themselves into, into things. And when you transform yourself, it means you have to project an image. You have to get people to see things about you that are not true. Not true. They are not right. This is not what they are. And that's what it's all about. They got to transform things. One of the reasons I get so irritated with the news people is because they transform what is going on to what they want you to see and believe. They transform it. They have turned it completely in another direction. I'll give you an example of this. I was thinking about bringing this up sometime because some of you all might be hearing some of these news reports and might be concerned about your pastor. Because I believe that one of my heroes in the news media is under attack. Because he has said, President, uh, President for, about President Obama, Rush Limbaugh and President Obama apparently are going at it quite, quite heavily. And one of the things that, uh, that Rush Limbaugh had said several weeks ago was that he desired that President Obama fail. And that was plastered all over the news. Now, I heard the whole show in which he did it, and I fully, 100% agreed with him. But then the news media came on out there, and they played one little line. But he spent 10 minutes talking about why that was so. Now we can put it to you this way. How many of you are sports fans? How many like, you know, Flyers, uh, Sixers, Eagles, San Francisco, Phillies. <laughs> Oakland, Phillies. different ones that are out there. When your team is playing the other team, how many of you desire for the other team to succeed? Anybody? What do you desire? The other team to fail. Why? Because if that team fails, your team can succeed. Isn't that right? Well, good old Rush spent quite a bit of time spending and talking about the policies that President Obama is trying to to, uh, put out. And none of them surprised me. I fully expected this because of his history and because of the things that he has done in a little bit of time that he has been in political power. He is fully going after that. The policies, if followed, will cause our country to fail. Do you know that Putin has warned our country not to follow the way we have gone? I mean, that is pretty harsh. If you have a Russian leader saying, do not follow the way of socialism, it did not work for us. But that is where our country is going. Now, it didn't just start under President Obama. It started before this, but it has really picked up pace. The more I am reading about this stimulus bill, folks, the more we are on a fast track 
for it. Now, I'm, I don't favor a political party. I don't care if the Dems are in or if the Republicans are in. It doesn't make any difference to me. What makes a difference to me is I want government out of your way and my way. I want taxes to be so that they are not a stranglehold. And I don't want regulations going all over the place. Government, I love, love what Ronald Reagan said. And Ronald Reagan was originally a Democrat. Switched over. So he's kind of on both sides. He said, we need to get government out of your way. And right now, government is really getting in our way. And it's about to get even more so. So when you hear that little line there and you're thinking, well, pastors, listen to this guy and this guy just sounds like he's awful. Don't worry about it. I've listened to the whole thing and I know where he's coming from. And the policies that would cause our country to fail, I hope do not succeed. I hope that I do not wish harm upon him or that, that he himself would fail as an individual or that our country would fail under him. And nor did Rush during all the time he was talking about that. He desires, of course, that our country would succeed under, under his administration because that's good for everybody. So, but again, that's our, our news media putting this stuff out. They want you to believe and to think the way they want. And that's all. And most people won't go out to the source and check things out. But anyway, you all probably would have if you heard it. Most of you aren't listening to it because you don't turn those guys on anymore. But either way, we are responsible for praying for our president, for praying for those in Congress, praying for our leaders, that God would give them wisdom and that God would use them as with any leader who's in power. And we continue to do that. I continue to do that. Hope you do as well. We want to see our country succeed and go in a, in a good way. Glory to God. But false apostles, false teachers... This is what's coming out. You need to be on guard against it. You see, I hope you all pick up on it by now. But when you see the news media come on, and just, you should sense immediately they are of a wrong spirit. It's like putting on the wrong shoe. That's wrong. That's, that the spirit isn't right. It's not right. It's not there to generate unity. It's there to generate division. And that's not right. That's not what we want to have going on. So as soon as you hear anyone, minister of the gospel, not a minister of the gospel, who begins to come on in and get you to take sides, get you to come on in and get the poor to despise the rich, to get the non-smokers to despise the smokers, to get those who drink from bottled water to rise up against those who do not. And they have. They have. They have. And California is very strong. <laughs> the, the term for it is class envy. And what they want you to do is you want to be envious of the other classes. And we have to set up all the different classes that are out there. And I've got to become envious. I don't have this. And so I've got to become that. That's wrong. It shouldn't happen in church and it shouldn't happen in the world. But it does. And you ought to recognize it. No, no, no I'm not going to get into that. Because the Word of God says... Not to be covetous, not to be envious, but in what way you are, be satisfied. Be happy. Glory to God. And you know, Ethel does not have to get poorer for me to become richer. Hallelujah. Right? I mean, isn't it better if, if Ethel gets richer and I get richer? Isn't that just better that way? But you see, there are many out here today who want us to think that the rich have to become poorer in order for you to become richer. That's, that's the idea behind socialism, folks. Bring everybody into an even keel. The Bible is not socialistic. And every government that has ever tried this and gone after it has gone after with the idea of class and begotten you to be envious of the rich so that we can tax the rich and we can oppress the rich. But you know what? No matter how much money they take from the rich, it just doesn't seem to make it to you. <laughs> and you just continue to go on in the same way that you were before. But now you feel better about it because they're not as rich. <laughs> and the gap isn't quite as big. What difference does that make? Do you know why we have income tax in this country? 
because they created an envy status against the rich. Income tax in our country, in the United States of America, is illegal. It is non-constitutional and it is against the Constitution. They had to put an amendment in the Constitution in order to get income tax. And they did it on this. We will only tax the rich. How many of you know the rich have gotten poorer and poorer? <laughs> and now they're starting a whole other thing. Now they want to get their, their hands in, uh, into the banks, into the car industries, into the insurance companies, and the list will go on and on. And now they're saying, we're going to cap how much the executives can make. And they'll, they'll hit it with you. They're making a million dollars and then getting a million dollar bonus. That's unreasonable. How many of you think, yeah, this is reasonable. They shouldn't be getting all that much money. What have they done? Created you to be envious. And so now they can cap theirs. Well, how much longer is it going to be before they cap everybody's? And don't say they didn't do it. They did it with the income tax. It's how they do things. It's how it's been done in this world for a long, long, long time. Don't do it. Don't fall into it. You ought to say, Father God, let them rich get even richer. Go ahead. You know who the rich people employ? Poor people. <laughs> if, the, if the rich people get poor, then the poor people don't have any money. <laughs> no, they don't have to get poorer for you to get richer. Just get, get in the blessings of God. Don't get into that envy, envy, envy system. Because if you do, you are embracing the world. And when you embrace the world, it is difficult for you to discern the voice of God. That's why it's so important. That's why I hit it with you so often. Because I know you get tired of me saying it, but you're still people out there listening to the news people. They will cause you to be deaf to God. They will. You find out for yourself. You stay off of them for a couple of weeks. Totally off of, of the 3, 6, and 10 guys. The CNNs and the MSNBCs and whatever else initials are out there that to be... Just get away from the ones who just want to carve the news in a certain way and get that negative spin on things and get you to think negatively all the time. Get out of that. And see where it does with you hearing from God. I'll tell you what, it'll change things. Because the world is constantly trying to infilter, infiltrate you and take you over. And Don't let it. Don't let it. Don't let it. Don't get angry. Don't, don't let that set in on you. Don't, don't get, let despair get in. It's, oh, there's no, we're, we're, we're just going way down, 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 down. Don't let despair get in on you. Our God knows the end. Our God wrote the book. There is nothing that is going to happen in these days that our God did not know about. And yet He wrote the Word that said He'd take care of you. Don't doubt Him. Don't doubt Him. So when you embrace this attitude that comes from the world, you are not embracing what comes from God. Don't embrace it. Stand, against, stand guard against it. Don't become envious of people who have what you don't. Don't fall into that because that's not going to help you out. False spirits work through people. They work through people. Satan has ministers, we already said that, who transform themselves into ministers of righteousness. righteousness. They transform themselves into ministers of righteousness. And people think they are ministering righteousness. Mm. Don't get into it. Don't fall after it. Anyone who's going to teach you stuff, you know, will hate this group and hate that group and despise that group. There is only one group of people that you are allowed to despise and to look down upon. False. Those, now I'm not talking about people that are out there that just don't follow after God. I'm talking about those who are false. Those who have become part of Satan's ministry staff and are out there preaching false doctrine for the purpose of deceiving people into the way of darkness. Those folks stand up against and have the same attitude that Paul did, the same attitude that Jesus did, the same attitude that Elijah did, the same attitude that Moses did. 
And, all the, and the list goes on and on and on. You have that same attitude towards those people. You can despise them because they are leading people in the wrong direction, away from God and into darkness, thinking it is light. Next, false spirits work through our mind. Look at the verse again. Beloved, do not believe every spirit. Where do belief and unbelief form? Not in your spirit. It's in your mind. That's where it is formed. Do not believe every spirit. False spirits work through our mind. They are trying to get you with your mind to adapt and to accept the things that are being said as true. As true. Temptation begins what? As a thought. Satan sowed the thought inside of Eve. Then it went on from there. It's the same tactic that he uses all the time. He sows the thought. You begin to become, receive that thought to become envious of this group, envious of this one, despising this one, have anger towards this one. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Let's read the whole, whole uh, section here. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Do not be conformed to this world. The more you listen to the world, the more you can be conformed to it. Do not be conformed to it. Let all the world be filled with envy. Don't let you be filled with envy. Let all the world be filled with racism. Don't you be filled with racism. Let all the world be filled with anger and and so forth. Don't you be filled with it. You stay out of that stuff. You don't need it. It's not going to be beneficial for you. False spirits work through our mind. False spirits work through circumstances. Look at that verse again. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits whether they are of God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Where do circumstances happen? In the world. Circumstances, economical circumstances, health circumstances, problems, social, social ills, all this. It's, it's in the world that all this stuff goes on. False spirits work through circumstances. And here's what they do. Things happen in the world that expose my ignorance of God's Word. Things happen in the world that expose my ignorance of God's Word. How many of y'all know, admit it, there are parts of God's Word you are ignorant of? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Are still learning it. So if there are still places that I am ignorant, there are still places where it can be exposed. That is where my problem lies. The areas of which I am ignorant. Especially if I don't know it. Especially then. If I don't know it. How many of y'all read the quote, this Sunday in the bulletin. Anybody? Mm-hmm. Couple? It was the longest one I put in there in a long time. <laughs> Mr. Adams. President, old President Adams. Go ahead. Do you have it right there? All right. Let me read the whole thing. I loved, I saw this and I said, oh, this is good. People ought to know what our, our founding fathers wrote and some of the things that they did. Absolutely astounding. John Adams. We have no government armed with the power capable of contending with human passions which are unbridled by morality and true religion. Our constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to govern of any other. The reason we are having trouble in this country is because we have more and more immoral, unrighteous, unreligious, non-God-fearing people running our country. Because the Constitution cannot control that. I'm, I'm all glad you read that now. <laughs> See, every once in a while it's a good idea to read the quote in the bulletin. <laughs> Things happen in the world that expose my ignorance of God's Word. Situations that don't seem to mix 
with what I know. I see situations that happen. I see situations that unfold. And I don't know how that could happen with my understanding of God. I don't understand it. How can God let that happen? How can that be going on? So, when I have this, I see what has gone on out here. I don't know how I have this understanding, but this has happened, and they don't seem to mix. So, a new explanation is sown. A new explanation is sown into my heart, into my mind, that helps me take what I think I know with what I think I see. And I come out with this new explanation. And I accept that explanation as truth. And what have I done? Exchanged the light for darkness. But I still think it's light. Here's a couple of examples. The Tower of Siloam fell on some people and that confused some, some folks, didn't it? Then Jesus had to say, do you think that those on whom the tower fell were more grievous sinners because the tower fell on them? So what happens with that? Well, we see the tower fall. Bunch of people there. Tower falls, kills a bunch of people. Why did they die? Why did the tower fall? Doesn't God hold all things together? Isn't God in control of all things? He must have had a reason then for that tower to fall on those people. An ignorant person would come up with that. And so the devil just comes on in and he begins to sow this thing. Yep, yep, yep. God had a purpose for them to die at that point. Or they were just such sinners, God had to get rid of them. Boy, if that tower was going to fall on all the sinners around, that had to be a pretty big tower. Bigger than it probably was. Heaven Herod's killing of the Galileans. How did God let that happen? That all those Galileans were killed by Herod. Why would that have been allowed to have happened? How about the man born blind? The disciples come up and they look at the man born blind. They say, Jesus, who sinned this man or his parents that he was born blind? What happened? They had a situation in the world and they had an area of ignorance in them. So what was sown? A false explanation. And so they come out, who sinned? Because obviously someone sinned that he was born blind. Because they've accepted the explanation that anyone born with a disease, born with a sickness, is born that way because of the sin of someone. So was it him who sinned, that he sinned in his womb, in the womb? Or did his parents sin and it fall upon him? And Jesus says, well, the first one. Now what's he say? Neither. You see, they accepted a wrong explanation to satisfy the circumstances that they saw in the world. But they totally accepted it as true, didn't they? And they'd been walking around with Jesus for a little while now and that false doctrine continued to reign in them. They didn't have any trouble hanging on to that false doctrine, being with Jesus. If the disciples had no trouble hanging on to some of their false doctrine, being with Jesus, how much more do you think you can hang on to some of yours? Wrong explanations have been sown inside of us. False spirits work through circumstances. Work through circumstances. Well, we've got to get over here to the answer. Can't just spend all the time on a problem, can we? Thank God the Word of God has an answer for it. <laughs> Turn over to 1 John. 1 John chapter 4, verse 1. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus come, Christ has come in the flesh is of God. Every, say every, every. Spirit, spirit that confesses, that, confesses that, Jesus Christ that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, in the flesh is, of God. is of God. So what happens to those who confess that Jesus did not come in the flesh? They are not of God. And I don't care how good they are, how good they sound, or what position they hold. The only one that is of God is those who say Jesus Christ came in the flesh sent by God. That's it. 
So if you have news media people who deny that Jesus Christ came in the flesh, what side are they on? What is going to come out of their mouth? Can you discern all that is false that they say? Maybe not. That's why you got to be real careful with who you listen to. Real careful with it. How many people in government? Senators, congressmen, governors, mayors, so forth. Do not confess that Jesus Christ came in the flesh. How many do that? Are they of God? No. Pretty simple test right there, isn't it? And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and now already and is now already in the world. So if it was already in there, he's he's surely here now. Not the Antichrist, but the spirit of Antichrist. These folks get in to deny Christ. They don't just come out against Christ. They come out to deny all the things that He has. All the things that He has stood for. All the things that He leads people into. They deny that. They want to distract people from that and bring them over into another place. Who is to be your supply, folks? God. Therefore, anything that rises up to become your supply instead of God, is it of God or of any Christ? And what happened to our nation when we suddenly embraced welfare? What did we do? We embraced another supplier. Now, please don't go out of here thinking that everybody who's ever been on welfare is, is of the Antichrist or anything. That's not what I'm saying. What we have done was we have slipped in and we have caused people. We have set up a situation to get people into the welfare situation. Now, I've picked on President Clinton a number of times. You all know that. I probably picked on certain ones for the all the different ones for things that they did ill and things that did right. One of the things that the President Clinton did that was right was welfare reform for the purpose of getting people off of the welfare system. And you know, it actually was working until you know the stimulus bill kills welfare reform. And the stimulus bill that was passed kills welfare reform. Why? Because they want you dependent on them. That's what the push is about, about getting health care underneath the government. Why? They want you dependent on them. The more you depend on another, especially a government, the more you are set up to receive Antichrist. Because who is Antichrist of? Government. He is going to be of a government. He's trying to come in and set up a government system. So they've got to get it set up for this. Now, I'm not telling you that, you know, if you ever received a welfare check or if you're on welfare, that you, you're, you're doomed. That's not it at all. But you have got to continually stay with your eyes on God. If you have a job and get a paycheck every week, every two weeks, whatever it is, you can replace your supplier as much as a welfare person can do. And begin to look at that, that job as your supplier, not as your God. And anything happens to that job, now your faith is messed up. Because God no longer was your supply. The job was. Don't let it happen. Don't let anything else come in except for God being your supply. And I'll tell you what, it's a hard thing. We all, there is not a single person born on this earth that does not guard against that. Not a single one. Before welfare was set up, before Social Security was set up, before all those things were ever set up, not a single person could ever avoid that. There is always temptations, always something to get you pulled into to not look at your God as your supplier. To not look to Him. And as long as you did that, it began to pull you away. And it stops you from being able to discern between what is right and what is wrong, what is light and what is darkness. Ever so slightly. But still causes it to bring it in. Because who is our supply? He is our supply. He must always be looked at as our supply. We can't do that. Remember Jonah? <laughs> Sitting there underneath the tree? He was supplied with shade. 
and a few other things that were, you know, but not, it wasn't a luxurious life. But he was, uh, he was happy for that shade. And then the worm came, killed the tree, and died. And what was he? He was mad at God. Because his tree was gone. What'd he do? Well, we already know he walked away from God and was walking in stuff he shouldn't have been walking in anyway. But he looked at something else. Elijah is over there. When the brook dried up, he said, oh, I'm going to die. No, because he never, never got his eyes off of his supplier. Just because a steady supply comes from something doesn't mean you get your eyes on it. That's all. Glory to God for the steady supply that comes. Amen. Amen. Aren't you all glad for a job? I mean, if welfare helped you out when you were in a tough time, glory to God, it helped you out. But just never get to a place where you look at that as the supply. Your God is the supply. Keep your focus on Him. If welfare dried up, if your job dried up, if Social Security dried up, glory to God. He is my supply. And as long as you have walked yourself that way, you will always be in the light. But if you have replaced that light for something else, that light can disappear. And then where will you be? We've got to get through the rest of this. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because He who is in you is greater than He who is in the world. You can reword this another way too. His supply is greater than any supply you've ever tapped into. His supply is greater. They're of the world. Therefore, they speak as of the world. And the world hears them. Oh, such a powerful one. Verse 4 again. You are of God, little children, have overcome them because He who is in you is greater than He who is in the world. He who is in you is greater than He who is in the world. He who is in you is greater than our Constitution. He who is in you is greater than our court system. Than our governors and mayors and senators and all like. He is greater. We must always keep that in mind. He is greater than your job. He is greater than your boss's bank account. He is greater. They are of the world. Therefore, they speak as of the world and the world hears them. If I begin to hear them, what's happening to me? I am becoming more of the world. We are of God. He who knows God hears us. He who knows God hears us. He who is not of God does not hear us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. It's one of the things that used to wear me out by listening to the news at night time. I couldn't hear them. Every time they would give a news report, everything would just keep coming up. My spirit was so loud. That's wrong. It's this way. It's this way. And I didn't. I got tired of the tug of war. Just forget it. I don't need to hear all that. When you are of the world, you will hear what the world has to say. Which means Christians who are of the world listen to what the world has to say and relish in it. Revel in it. But, develop your spirit. Walk after the light. You can't hear it. I know your lips are moving, but I don't hear what you're saying. I'm not hearing this stuff. We are of God. He who knows God hears us. He who is not of God does not hear us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. That's how we know it. You have overcome them. Therefore, we should not be like them. Don't be like them. Overcome them. Beloved, let us love one another. So now we're going from what we're hearing to what we're supposed to be doing here. Beloved, let us love one another for love is of God and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God for God is love. In this love of God was manifest toward us that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. And this is love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. 
We can know the spirit of error from the truth, from the spirit of truth by what they hear. By what they hear. Anyone who proclaims themselves as a teacher of good things, watch what they hear. Watch what they hear. Do they hear the world? Or do they hear something else? Do they hear God? Do they hear what the Word says? What do they hear? Next, watch how they love. Is their love conditional on things? If their love is conditional on the color of people's skins or the country of their origin or the state of their mind or the job that they have or the money in the bank account or the car that they drive or the house that they live in? If it's conditional on any of those external things, are they of God? No. Which means how should you receive the things that they say? No. Don't do it. Don't receive them. Now, it doesn't mean you kick them out. It means you understand they are not walking in the light. We want to get them to walk in the light, but they're not walking in the light right now. So if I understand, identify, they are not walking in the light, I will not receive what they say. I will be on guard against what they say. And whatever they say, I take with, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm careful. I'm careful about it. I'm listening. When Nancy Pelosi gets up there and begins to speak doom and gloom on the economy, what does she hear? How does she love? Does she confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh? Then what in the world am I doing listening to what she says? Why do I have the slightest bit of concern as what her outlook on the world is? Same thing with Barney Frank. Boy, is he getting a lot of news time anymore, huh? Listen to what he hears. Watch how he loves. Listen to the words they say. People who have words that constantly get you to despise another group of people are not walking in the love of God. Because that's not how God loves. Don't listen to them. God loves all of them. The ones who get anger from God are those who desire to deceive people, born again or not born again, to deceive people into the way of darkness. Those people get a special bit of anger, special bit of attention from God. And in fact, they have a special section in hell. Because it does say that Teachers, let teachers know. You will receive the stricter judgment. He didn't say that you were called to be a teacher. He just said if you're going to step in that role, understand you're going to receive the stricter judgment. Whether they're called into it or not, they want to step into that role and they want to start teaching you how you ought to behave, how you ought to live, how you ought to look towards other people. They want to teach you in that role. They better be doing it according to the things of God. If you want to be able to judge the spirits that are on the inside of you, you be very careful about what you receive in. The music that you listen to. How does it teach you to love? How does the music that you listen to teach you to love? What are they hearing? I've talked to folks, a few folks about it anyway. You know, uh, Elton John's out there. Now, he does not write Christian music. But how many of you see some movies and he's got some nice music backgrounds to the to the movies and all that. I'm just convinced. I'll have to wait till we get to heaven, but I'm convinced he was supposed to be a worship leader. I'm just convinced of it. You can tell me otherwise, but I won't believe you until I get to heaven and, he, and God tells me otherwise. But I think he was supposed to be a worship leader. He just turned down the call and he's going in a different direction. Then. Never too late. Never too late. Brother uh, Dave Roberson used to tell us he was interceding all the time for Johnny Cash. Finally got Johnny Cash saved. He started going there singing about God and stuff like that. But who knows? Listening to the wrong thing. You sit around listening to a lot of these words. Well, it's, it's just words. It's just, yeah, it's, 
It's not a big deal. Yeah, it is a big deal. You're causing your spirit to get acclimated to the things of the world. Yeah, don't do it. Don't don't get acclimated to that. Stay sharp. Get yourself sharper. Be careful. Guard what comes into your ears. Guard what your eyes see. Be on guard against it. Attitudes of your heart, be on guard against them. Don't despise people. Except for that one group of people that I told you about. <laughs> Those who desire to teach others to, to go into a wrong direction. And then you follow in the example of Paul, Jesus, and others. But don't, don't do it otherwise. Get out there. There's, there's a whole lot of sinners out there and they're walking in sinful ways. Love them. Love them as you do a sinner. Get them into the kingdom of God. Let them see the love of God in you. But don't receive from them. You don't need to receive that kind of stuff. Guard the things that go on in your house. Music that you listen to. Things of that. Just just be on guard. You're going to bring Katie Couric into your house. So forth. People like that. Be on guard. Did you all hear that Paul Harvey died this weekend? I just heard that uh, he died over the weekend, 90 years old. I had so much respect for him. Just a neat, classy individual. Did you ever hear some of his newscasts? Oh, I tell you what. He, you didn't listen to his newscast and come out of there feeling bad about the news. He just always made you feel good. And then you always had those for the rest of the story. <laughs> he passed away over the weekend, 90 years old. Paul Harvey. Good day. <laughs> I used to hear him all the time on the radio and then I was able to, to webcast him and get a few things here and there from, from the thing, but that, uh, that won't be coming, coming around anymore. But Father, we thank You that we can test the spirits. That we can know what is right and what is wrong. It doesn't have to take us by surprise. Help us to be attentive to what they hear. What they are doing in the area of love. How they love. What kind of love are they walking in? Because these things tell us whether they are of the light or of the darkness. And if of the darkness isn't something we should hear or follow or cause to have caused to influence our lives. Your Word holds more weight with us than anyone in this world. Your Word causes us to have love for our fellow men. Not to despise them. Not to be mad because they have more than we do. Happy because they have less. Your Word has taught us how to be content in all things. And our contentment does not reside on other people being poor or rich. It resides in You. Help us never look to any other source as our supply. Yes, You supply to us through many different sources. But help us to never look at those sources as our supply. Help us always keep the focus that You are our God. Whether we get a paycheck, been on welfare, Social Security, however it is that money comes to us, it makes no difference. We almost always look to You as our supplier. Father, we thank You for the help that You give us. We can test the spirits and we can successfully know if they are of You or I'm not, not of You. Thank You for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Any comments or questions? Yes. I missed the application of Did I? I just didn't say it? Oh, it was good too. What is false has no power over us until we validate it through belief. What is false has no power over us until we validate it through belief. You have people, I'll give you an example. You have people out there right now constantly talking about this great recession, equating it to a depression that we are in, right? If you believe it, you have validated it for your life. But really all we're doing is we're believing what people have said. Who are these people? Are they of the world or of God? The world. They're of the world. 
They're not of God. Most of the ones I've, I've heard counting this stuff and preaching this stuff and so forth, I told you before, the numbers do not jive with what they are saying. They do not jive at all. We have not even hit the level of discomfort in our economy that we had in the Jimmy Carter era. Have not touched that one yet. That one is still the worst. How many trillions of dollars did the government have to spend to get us out of that? Were there any stimulus packages passed? They were not. You know, the biggest problem with bailouts is that when you bail out a company, you are punishing the strong and rewarding the weak. And if you continue to do that, you will mess up the economy really bad. Because what happens with an economy is where do you put your money? Don't you put your money with where you think you're getting the best deal? If you all think that you're getting the best deal at Kohl's and at Macy's is ripping you off, where do you go shopping? Over at Kohl's. So then what happens to Macy's? They, if everybody believes that, if everybody's walking that way, then they fall away. So what happens if someone step in, steps in and says, well, Kohl's is doing too well and Macy's is not doing well enough. We need to take some of the money out of Kohl's and put it over here into Macy's. Now what you're buying over at Kohl's costs more because they have to pay for Macy's. And so now what you have in the economy is you have a Kohl's and you have a Macy's. But the only reason you still have a Macy's is because somebody stepped in and took from the store you liked to give it to the store that you didn't like and most people didn't like it so we would have two stores. That's what socialism is about. That's what most of the stimulus stuff is about. It's about taking from people who are doing okay and giving it to other ones who aren't. That's really all that it's about. How many of y'all think that the, the big three ought to have been bailed out? This bailout is not for the big three. What was bailed out, and I know Ford backed out of it, but the other two still stayed in it. What was bailed out, folks, was not the companies. What was bailed out was the unions. It was not the companies. If the companies went bankrupt, what would happen to the union deals? The union deals would be wiped out. They would be starting all over again, starting from scratch, which would have been the best thing for the big three. Wipe it all out and start it over. The way that companies, the way that an economy works is a company who makes bad decision pays for those bad decisions. And the companies that made good decisions reaped the success of those good decisions. But when you get regulations involved, then what you do is you punish the people who make good decisions, sound decisions and take from their profits to bail out the people who made bad decisions. Now, if you continue to do that, what incentive do you have as a business person to not make bad decisions? You have less and less reasons to make bad... If I make a bad decision, someone's going to come in and bail me out. Put it in a whole other way. If you own a home, how many of you own a home? You own a home and you are making your payment. And your neighbor has decided, I'm not going to make my payment because I want a big screen TV, a pool in the backyard, a new car, a second new car, a motorcycle, and a boat. And they go out and they get all those things and then cannot make their mortgage payment. So the government comes on in and says, I'm going to take from you who don't have a boat, two new cars, a big screen TV, and a pool in the backyard. I'm going to take from your money and help out your neighbor who can't pay their mortgage. What have we encouraged in this country? Bad decisions. Now, I'm not saying that everybody who's not making their mortgage payment has done so because they're just being stupid and you know buying stuff like that. But I'll tell you what, there's a whole lot of things that are going on like that. And we are encouraging that behavior by getting into regulations and so forth. What should happen? What's that? But the banks too. They're giving them money for failure. Yes. 
They shouldn't be bailing them out. They, no. they, they lost money, they should lose money. No. But as we told you, they should never have stepped in in the first place and told them what loans they had to make. And then when those loans went bad, then have to bail them out. Mm-hmm. Should never have done that. But now in this new stimulus bill, you know how much more money we have given to Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac to do what they did before they got us into the situation? We gave them a whole lot of money to do the same thing. If you total up all the money that has been guaranteed, all the money that has been given out in the stimulus bill, all the money that has been in the last half of a year, I believe the total is somewhere between five and seven trillion dollars. All of the money totaled together. Yes. What you do, if you have a company, first off, you don't have regulations that tell the company to do something good or not to do, to make this loan or not to make this loan or make this decision not. You don't have them doing that. Secondly, if they do make a bad decision, you let them go under. Because if they go under, someone else is going to rise up and make better decisions and do better things with it than, uh, than other ones did. Just like we had in here with, uh, we were talking about the other week. We had FedEx, UPS, and DHL. Of those three, which ones made the worst decisions? The one that's gone. The one that's gone. They're they're gone. So should the government step in and bail out DHL? No. Should they go over there and say, all right, FedEx and UPS, we're going to take so much money from you because DHL isn't doing so well? That isn't right. But that's what this is. That's what the stimulus stuff is all about. That's what all these things are all about. How many of you have spent any time going up online to take out, check out the stimulus bill? Good. Can't find all of it. Well, it's, it's a thousand pages. It's way tough to get through it. I mean, senators were voting those things hadn't read the whole thousand pages. It's just absolutely ridiculous. I won it all. the last couple of days. 